0: Hello there. How are you? I'm very well. How are you? I'm good, but you should be feeling fantastic. Mm, Okay. How about I say, celebrate good times. Come Come on. on! Do you know why I sang that? Because it's a banger. (laughs) It is a banger, correct. But you passed your life in the UK test. Oh yeah,
1: yeah, I passed my life in the UK test.
0: Woo, woo. All right, no one likes to show off. I I know, I'm very proud of you. What was it like? What was the experience of doing the test for real this time, not just us messing around on the podcast?
1: Oh, it's a whole process doing the test. So let me tell you a little bit about the whole thing. First you arrive there,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and then they make you wait. Mm -hmm. Because the first part is making sure that you are you. Basically what they do is they take a photo of you, very prison style. They ask your name, your date of birth. They check your passport and they kind of, you know, like they look at your passport photo and they look at you to make sure that you're the same person. But they do it for like awkwardly long that they look at the passport and they look at you and they look at the passport again and they look at you and they look at the passport again and they look at you just to make sure that you are you.
0: And this is all before you've even started answering the questions.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. This is just at the moment you arrive. Then you need to leave absolutely everything in a locker so you can have your phone, you can not have your keys, you can have anything in your pockets, you cannot have a watch, you, you cannot have anything. And then you go to the body search. Ooh. It's not as sexy as it seems. So basically, you have to uh, basically show that you're not going to cheat.
0: So do you get a finger up the bum?
1: What part of cheating includes something up the bum?
0: Well, you could have stashed some information on like medieval Britain up there.
1: Yes, but then the test is in a room that is an open room. It's not a booth. So then would you, like, take it out in in front of everyone else? I don't know. Finger on the side. There, There is a metal detector, though. And then you have to, like, roll your sleeves up to make sure that you have nothing written there. And I had a jumper that has a little bit of a collar... So they asked me to sort of flip the collar to show them that I didn't have anything like hidden under my neck or under the collar. I had to take my belt out in case I, I had anything like a piece of paper or something stashed uh, behind the belt. Very, very serious. They really don't want you cheating. And then you wait again. And then you go into this room with a number that has a lot of computers from like 1997. Monitors, you know, the the ones that were really deep, that went really, really back. They were that big. But the screen was only, like, 14 inches.
0: <laughs>
1: and then you sit in this room. They check your name again to make sure that they set you in the correct computer. And you start the questions. The problem is that you start with three questions that are practice questions. The thing is, I knew the correct answer for those questions. And, and the sign tells you that those answers don't count for the results. And I was thinking... Make them count. I know these answers. Make Mm. them count. Mm. Why am I practising these? I want these to be the actual questions of of my test.
0: Well, it's just to ease you in gently, isn't it?
1: Well, but I knew the answer, so make them count. Then you have the 24 questions. And, of course, there were questions there that I had never seen before. Like what? There was one, for example, about who designed the cenotaph. Whereas in all of the practice tests that I've seen, it always asks where the cenotaph was located, but not who designed it.
0: And who did design it?
1: Um, Lutyens, wasn't it?
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm sure it was. I, I have no idea. I have no idea. I mean,
1: so, um, see, I'm now I'm now schooling you on your own <laughs> history. It was, blah um, blah Okay.
0: Blah, blah, blah. Uh, Lutians. Lutians. I mean,
1: if you're listening at home, it's just something must be going on with the microphone. That's why you cannot hear correctly the first name and very clearly uh, the last name.
0: I'm sure that's what it is. It's not that we don't know the answer.
1: It's Lutians, and then you do your 24 questions. Which, to be honest, because I've practiced a lot, I cannot did them in like 10 minutes. So you cannot there, and you have in this head well. Shall I revise? And you revise a little bit the ones that you had doubts on, which were a lot, in my case. <laughs> but then you kind of want to trust your first instinct. You don't really want to change the answers because you think that something remember, that you remembered made you put that answer. And then, to be fair, it's really, really good. It's, you go out, and probably about 10 minutes later, you get an email asking you to log in, and there it tells you whether you've passed Or you failed. So you get the result not instantly, but about 10 minutes later. It's basically you left and then they give you the answer. So the people who are working there, they don't have to go with consoling you if you failed.
0: Oh, that's quite clever, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it's like, get out and let someone else deal with it.
0: Oh, that is quite clever. But one of the things about doing exams is that anticipation Then you have to wait. I know at school and at university, it could be like a few months before you got your exam results. And it is quite nerve-wracking, that period in between. So at least, at least you only had to wait like 10 minutes. What, did you go for a coffee, have a wee, and then you got your results?
1: Yeah, to be fair, I didn't even make it to the place where I was going to get a coffee and I already got the email. Problem there is that you need to remember your password for the government's website, that you have your, your login, and so you're on your phone, trying to remember what password did I use for this one, because you want to know whether you passed or you failed, and it's, oh, password is incorrect, password is incorrect. Maybe that's part
0: of the test.
1: Well, you remembering your password? Yeah. But I can cheat on that one, because I could have my passwords written down. Not very oh, yeah, not true. very safe, but we could.
0: Mm. Okay, so well done. You did it. You got the result that you wanted, does that make you British now?
1: No. So now, basically, I have to go through the whole process of applying...
0: Oh, boring.
1: ...for citizenship, and it's, like, a very, very long form, very detailed, and then you need to collate a lot of documentation that proves that you're worthy.
0: Oh, I'm losing the world to live just hearing about it.
1: Mmm... Talking about losing the will to live. wait until you see the bank account to see how much the, all of that costs.
0: Oh, you have to pay for this?
1: You have to pay for everything.
0: <gasps> oh, gosh.
1: I mean, I had to pay for the English test. Okay. I had to pay for the Life in the UK test. Okay. I have to pay for the application. Okay. And it's very difficult to get appointments that are free appointments. So, most likely, I'll end up paying for the appointment as well.
0: Well, I hope you're excited about becoming British. <laughs>
1: I mean, (laughs) join bank account.
0: Oh, God. That's money
1: coming from the join bank account.
0: The things we do to be part of an international relationship.
1: Yeah, you pay.
0: Well, you'll have to check because we've had quite a busy weekend and um, we've spent (laughs) quite a lot of money.
1: Oh yeah, we did. We had a weekend away. Yeah,
0: we did. It was lovely, wasn't it? A long weekend. A long weekend
1: away. It was really, really, really nice.
0: Yeah, we went up to Liverpool.
1: To which I've never been before.
0: Yeah, and we absolutely had a blast, didn't we?
1: I know, it was so much fun.
0: We did everything from, I mean, we went to the Tate, we went to the Maritime Museum, we did Ferry Cross the Mersey. we did the Magical Mystery... uh, Tour tour thank you you're welcome (laughs) there was a magical mystery something there so we went to penny lane and saw strawberry fields did all the beatles stuff uh we didn't go in the cavern though there was a massive queue
1: yeah but also they were saying there that it's not the original one it's kind of like a reconstruction and only part of it kind of coincides with where the part of the original would have been so i i I wasn't fast with it
0: i suppose if people are listening to this and they don't know much about liverpool what what as a first-time visitor what how would you describe Liverpool?
1: I would describe Liverpool as impressive architecture by the Mersey.
0: It's a UNESCO World Heritage view, I think, that that architectural line-up. You know, with the Liver building and the Cunard building and... What was the other building? The other building. The That's, other building. <laughs> it's like UNESCO.
1: To be fair, the architecture is really, really beautiful. That it kind of reminded me to some extent to some um, parts of New York, you know, in terms of, you know, these architecture, these large buildings that occupy the whole block mm. instead of like one building next to the other, these massive buildings. So, at Mercy, it was really, really cool, amazing architecture. Um, Fashion wise, it was a choice.
0: Yeah, the fashion in Liverpool is something else, isn't it, really?
1: I'm a gay man, so that means that when I look at girls, I do love a side boob. But God, people love a side boob there. A
0: side boob, a top boob, a down boob, uh, anywhere in between boob. I mean, there was a lot of nipples on show in Liverpool.
1: There was a lot on show. To be fair, the weather was lovely, so why not?
0: Sun's out, boobs out, I guess, but... You know, a lot of boob.
1: Yeah, but the best one, you know we're, 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 which one was the best one, thong pants.
0: So we were in this bar just having a little uh, little cocktail and this girl walks in and I kid you not, and this is no word of a lie, and Benjo will back me up. She came in with normal trousers up to the top of her thigh and then at the top of her thigh the whole ensemble just became a thong.
1: At first I thought that she had tore her trousers.
0: Oh no, it was intentional. She wanted those butt cheeks out.
1: Yeah, I know, but it was so revealing that I thought it was an accident. I think that no shop can sell this.
0: That was the other thing that I kept asking you. We did do a bit of shopping while we were up there, and I was really perplexed as to where these clothes are actually bought, because all the clothes shops we went in, and we went in all your favourite high street stores, but none of those clothes that we saw out in the street were reflected in the retail environment.
1: I mean, maybe they all design and make them themselves. Maybe it's a a super creative fashion capital.
0: There was a lot of people who were going out, you know, with curlers still in their hair. We saw a lady at the cash machine in her dressing gown.
1: That's what I mean when I mean in terms of fashion. It was choices. But then again, the Tate was amazing. Exhibits in the Tate were absolutely amazing, weren't they, bab?
0: Yeah, Oh no, we had a great time. It was a little bit disturbing, though, when we left the Tate... Uh, at Albert Dock, and we overheard a grandma telling her three grandchildren that seahorses weren't real.
1: And she was like, not kidding, she was like proper serious.
0: I mean, it broke my heart. We had to go and sit down and console ourselves. Of all the things in the world that you tell your grandchildren or your children or little little ones in your life that are not real. You don't tell them that real things are not real.
1: Seahorses are real, madam.
0: She had quite an angry face. I really wanted to turn around and tell the children, don't listen to your grandma. Seahorses are real. I've seen them. They are out there and they are doing amazing things. But she looked a bit angry and I just didn't want the grief.
1: No, and to be fair, we didn't know who was drunk and who wasn't. Literally, we left the hotel at half ten and there were far more people than what you would have expected drinking beer yeah on the harbor on sitting outside the pubs there were people queuing at weather spoons everyone had their fosters
0: yeah, Foster's was on tap everywhere. Great cocktails in Liverpool. If you want a good cocktail, get yourself to Liverpool. But if you want a decent pint of beer, I mean, it was literally Foster's everywhere. And I didn't think that people actually drank Foster's.
1: Well, but I think it's because Foster's is um manufacturer in Manchester, isn't it?
0: Oh, so they just like pump it down the road?
1: I think so. Kind of like that. There must be like a um, a pipeline
0: connected from the factory (laughs) into all of the pubs. But speaking of cocktails, I mean, the plastic straw is alive and well in Liverpool.
1: Oh, yeah, a lot of plastic straws. It's it's really odd that we saw them everywhere, really.
0: I think basically what happened is when everyone in the world decided to get rid of plastic straws, they just sent them all to Liverpool and Liverpool are just using them up until they have to buy more sustainable ones. (laughs)
1: To be fair, a lot of Liverpoolians would be able to actually make them into fantastic art that we saw in the different museums that we went to.
0: Or they could make them into a new outfit to cover their boobs.
1: Or to actually expose the boobs. Or
0: expose the boobs. Maybe like a little coming out of the nipple, like a giant plastic straw just protruding their uh, areolas. I don't know. Something like that, let's just say. Speaking of fashion, though, you've, um, you've really upped your game this last week, haven't you?
1: Why? Because I went shopping for clouds.
0: <laughs> oh, <don't, laughs> I love how you like going all like nonchalant, like, why? Why? Ben's bought a new waistcoat, and he does look very handsome in it, but it's it's kind of like a two tiered waistcoat. So from the front, it's kind of like all tweed, and you look kind of like English Jen, very sort of stiff upper lip. But from behind, you kind of look like a magician because it's got all these kind of like swirly patterns, like. Are they leaves or...
1: I don't know what it is, but it's buttons, like in a shiny fabric.
0: In a very, very shiny fabric. Like, you could get a tan from that. So it's very weird. Like, if you see Ben wearing his new waistcoat in the street, when he walks towards you, you think, oh, here comes a farmer. Is he going to cut my lawn? But then when I see you from behind, I think you're going to, like, put a spell on me or something.
1: Well, I did put a spell on you, but... When? When we met.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you definitely did.
1: I mean, you sound really convinced there.
0: (laughs) I love you too. I love you. (laughs) So, yeah, I just wanted to give a shout out to the waistcoat because I'm feeling those vibes. I'm feeling the farmer versus magician look.
1: I do like a good waistcoat. It goes well with jeans. It goes well with a nice top. It goes well with everything.
0: But you did buy it from this, like, quite old manny shop.
1: Yeah, but again it's all money shop, but if you buy the like the three piece suit that I only bought the waistcoat of, if you bought the whole thing, yeah, it's very old person. But if you just have the waistcoat and then you have have it with a pair of jeans and some nice trainers, it's a very modern and hip.
0: Look. It is, but I was a little bit worried. I think if I hadn't have been there with you to accompany you on the shopping trip, you would have gone a little bit more crazy and you would have literally come back looking like an aristocrat. I
1: mean, you know that I have been clothes shopping before I met you, right?
0: Yeah, and I saw what you were wearing when we first met.
1: Oh, I'm still seeing what you're wearing right now. <laughs> so, don't you come and judge me. <laughs> With no, you, your fashion choices.
0: You look beautiful. Whatever you wear, you look stunning.
1: Okay, you don't. You're pretty, but
0: some of your clothes are awful. Uh,
1: I mean, you come after me, I come after you.
0: Well, I was going to read a really nice letter that we'd had in the post bag, but I don't want to read it now.
1: Okay. Mm, you look pretty, bad.
0: Thank you. Um, <laughs> I'm so easily pleased. <laughs> Turn it around. Here Turn we it go. around. We've had a lovely message from Ricky in America. And he's just sent he just wanted to reach out. He actually has his own podcast called The Gay Narratives Podcast, which is fantastic if you want to learn more about yourself as a person, sort of through somebody else. It's kind of mm-hmm. him discovering who he is, where he's come from, and, you know, also coming to terms with his sexuality and how he's kind of sort of navigating through his life. It's 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 a really, really beautiful listen. Um he's a very good storyteller and he kind of mixes sort of spoken word with a bit of poetry he is in a multicultural relationship just like us exactly um and he just wanted to let us know how he loves how proud we are of our roots of you know our respective roots which obviously is kind
1: of our shtick i Uh, mean (laughs) it does make our podcast doesn't it
0: yeah so anyway he says that you have a new listener so that's lovely oh
1: that's really nice thanks ricky
0: so yeah gay narratives podcast it's on like us, wherever you can find a podcast. Whatever podcasts are. <laughs> we are there, and so is Ricky with Gay Narratives.
1: Well, Bab, as you know, we are in a multicultural relationship. Are we? Mm, yes, because I'm Argentinian. And I'm British. Uh, yeah, exactly. And we're just like at the beginning of our first episode of the podcast is <laughs> introducing ourselves. And since we're talking about uh, Ricky being in one, I think that one of the things that we come across is that sometimes when we quarrel, we don't know if we're quarreling because the things that annoy us from the other one is due to cultural difference or whether you're just an asshole. Okay. So I thought that what we, are, what we could do in this episode is we can bring up our dirty laundry and sort of start talking about the things that annoy us from the other one and figure out whether it's a cultural difference or the other one's being an asshole.
0: I absolutely love this idea. I've got probably a list, I don't know, in my head, but if I wrote it down, it would probably be about 50 pages of A4.
1: Oh, really? That long?
0: Double-sided.
1: Double-sided, okay. Yeah, we'll see, we'll see.
0: I mean, obviously, for me, your page of my annoyances would be blank. Uh,
1: No. What? There are things that you do that annoy me. Like what? Like a lot of things. Like what? Okay, if you want to know, the first one on my list is why do you have to sleep all year round with the window open?
0: Because I like the feeling of fresh air on my body while I fall asleep.
1: Okay, summer time? Brilliant. Very much agree with that. Winter? I'm freezing under the duvet.
0: Okay, well, let's think about this the other way. When you're in bed, you don't wear any... Well, neither of us wear any clothes in bed. Little fun fact for you there, guys. Fun fun. (laughs) fact. And if you're cold you can put an extra duvet on or you can wear pyjamas. And if you're warm, you can uncover yourself. But I'll be too warm then. I'll be, the, the problem is, is if I'm hot and sweaty, when I want to go to sleep, I'll be tossing and turning and I won't be able to fall asleep. Surely it's easier for you to just say, all right, yeah, let Ben have the window open. I'll just put on a little pullover in bed or maybe a little jumper or even a, even a t-shirt and shorts combo. And then I'll be warm, but Ben's still got his fresh air coming in and and his well-being is sorted.
1: Can we have, like, a a middle ground deal where we open the window during the summer but not during winter?
0: No, because I I like the feeling of cool air surrounding me as I fall asleep. It's the
1: same air that makes me freeze. My nipples get sore against the duvet because I'm so
0: cold. Well, I'm sorry about your nipples. I'm genuinely concerned about them but put a t-shirt on.
1: (laughs) Take yours off.
0: But I do I don't have anything on. I just want a bit of breeze to come in just to like keep me happy just to like you know caress my face a little bit and then I'll fall asleep.
1: But aren't you cold as well in the middle of winter? I mean not right now because we're in the summer but in the middle of winter
0: don't you get cold? No because I just leave the window open a crack. Just a tiny little crack, (laughs) just to let a little bit of breeze in, just a little bit, and it comes and it goes, breezy, 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 and then I'm like, oh, thank you, breeze, and now I'm getting some fresh air, oh, that's lovely, and I'm going to sleep. Now, if you close the window, even though it's just a tiny crack, because it is just a (laughs) tiny crack, it's like a hairline fracture, and that breeze is coming in. If you shut that window, you are preventing me from having a decent night's sleep. I'm willing to make that sacrifice. It's just a tiny crack. No, it's it is. No. It's like the smallest crack in the world. <laughs> no. It's like you know when you you know when a stone hits your window and you don't even know and you're driving along and you just see that tiny little crack on your windshield. Wait, say so it again. How it sounds?
1: Well, the
0: breezy, breezy, the breezy, breezy, breezy.
1: Yeah, but then you need to add to that breezy, breezy, breezy the sound of deer having sex.
0: Oh yeah, that is true. That is true. So we we back onto uh, so it's breezy, breezy, breezy. Oh, 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 oh. So we back onto. Uh... Sorry if you were listening at headphones. (laughs) But, you know, if you've ever wondered what deer sound like having sex, uh, you're welcome. Um, So, we live on the back of a, a nature reserve. Yes. And we also, so we back onto a nature reserve, but we also back onto a distribution warehouse. And I, for months, thought it was the sound of lorries breaking heavily
1: oh it sounded like a horn like some sort of horn from the lorries
0: and then one of our neighbours said oh no it's not It's um, it's the deer mating
1: it's deer bonking
0: but it's a tiny tiny crack and it doesn't let in much sound
1: well it does, it does. And the thing, that's the bit that.
0: uh! <laughs> but that's what it's like isn't it
1: yeah, I know. Uh! Uh! <laughs> and I'm trying to fall asleep whilst I'm absolutely freezing <laughs> and also I'm listening to tears who <laughs>
0: are, are having
1: a better <laughs> and these tears whilst I'm trying to fall asleep because I have work in the morning are having a better night than what we're having the, just bonking Well, there. not me,
0: because I've got my breeze. <laughs> because you got your breeze. My easy
1: breeze. <laughs> and you know what? It would also be more acceptable if it weren't that when you fall asleep, you grab the duvet and you roll... And you completely uncover me and you still uh, well, do that. I'm about. sorry, Bab.
0: You can't blame my unconscious self. <laughs> I'm not in control of that. <laughs> Who
1: am I supposed to blame? I mean,
0: if we've got issues, you know, talk to me in the daytime, not about what my nighttime self does, because that is beyond my comprehension.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's beyond science, your unconscious self.
0: Well, unless you want to, like, attach me to some, like computer or something and speak to me through my brain while i'm asleep
1: take me a little bit to the past and to your friends your family your extended family everyone that you know leaving the window open is it a british thing or are you just being an asshole
0: well i know my neighbor when i lived in birmingham she also did the same thing and she'd done it her whole life she's a lot older than us
1: so there's far more years of breezy breezy breezy
0: yeah but her husband wasn't bothered. He just got on with it. He just put on a jumper.
1: <laughs> a jumper to bed. Yeah. The moment was really comfy, isn't it? Although that
0: house was in Birmingham, so you didn't get the sound of the deer uh, 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 um, having fun in the background. But it's just a tiny crack. You don't get much sound through.
1: So are we calling this a British thing or is it just you being an asshole?
0: <laughs> I think it's neither. I think it's just what I need personally.
1: Okay. Let's also leave it for our audience to decide as well. Sleeping with a crack open. Cultural difference? Or is Ben being an asshole to me?
0: Well, I tell you what is being an asshole. You leaving the toilet seat up. It's the bane of my life. Literally, the first thing I do in the morning is literally go round the house. It's like Domino Rally. I knock all the toilet seats down.
1: Now, let's analyse
0: this from Science. <laughs> Yeah, let's analyse this from science, because I remember watching a YouTube video where it showed that, like, the poo particles, like, jump up and down, like, out of the toilet. So, like, all the poo is, like, coming out of the toilet and, like, going down the stairs and stuff, (laughs) like, in our faces while we're watching television, because you don't put the toilet seats down. These particles are just going everywhere. They're probably, like, landing on the cat right now, on the carpet. They're probably in the cupboards, in the frying pan. Like, it's going everywhere. All you have to do is just close it down, and it locks everything in. What YouTube
1: channels are you watching where sentient poo particles are jumping out of the toilet? I've seen to a come, video to come and contaminate your life. I have seen a video. Now let's start with actual science. First of all,
0: are you a qualified scientist?
1: I, I've done science in my life.
0: What level? qualifications have you got
1: mm, i have a master's in science
0: okay i think that qualifies you <laughs> okay. more than me <laughs> but have you watched a youtube video about poo particles not that one particularly but to be honest it's disgusting like the particles are like <laughs> pie, 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 pie. They're, they're going all around the house
1: to be honest, i kind of want to see it now. i'm going to show you in a minute <laughs> i really want to watch it but I, i'm not so first of all the amount of times that whether it's up, whether it's down, someone has to put it up and someone has to put it, uh, to put it down. So eventually like it cancels each other, the effort. So it doesn't really matter whether it's up or down.
0: We're not like those people in those clocks that your grandma used to have where like the man came out when it was sunny and then the lady came out when it was raining.
1: We are, but the thing is, if it's up, then you have, you put it down. But if it's down,
0: I put it up. But why should I be doing literally doing your dirty work? Why is it dirty work? Why do I have to... Because I am exposing myself to potentially harmful pathogens. <laughs> I
1: mean, I do flush, you know.
0: I know, and, and you usually spray as well, but, you know, oust does know. not sort everything.
1: And also, if I'm if I'm having a number two, I will leave it down. I'm not going to purposely, after having a poo, lift in the toilet seat. Mm.
0: I just don't understand why you can't just push it. For me, it's like, what if somebody, like, randomly came around to our house and they went to the toilet and they were like, oh, this is a house that leaves the toilet seat up.
1: Because we're two men that be standing up.
0: But it's just really not that hard just to close it and lock it all in.
1: And it's also not that hard to lift it. And actually, it's easier to do one than the other, isn't it?
0: What do you mean? Well, if you think about physics... I'm not interested in the physics of this, Bab. What I'm interested in is the hygiene and the respectability factor.
1: Well, but if you think about it, is if the toilet seat is down, the muscular effort that it takes to lift something is more than the muscular effort that it takes to take something down. So actually, because you put the toilet seat down, I have to make more physical effort to lift it every time I have a week. No.
0: And I'll tell you why. Because... As we're primarily working from home at the minute, you're upstairs. Now, we're blessed with having two toilets upstairs and one downstairs. Yes, we are a three-toilet household. I'm not going to make a big deal out of it.
1: I am, because I love it. I lived way too long in places that had only one bathroom.
0: Now, I know you flip between two toilets upstairs. So, let's say you have your morning toilet visit is in our en suite. Yeah. Then you go into the into what people would call the family bathroom.
1: Yeah, because the family bathroom has a window so it gets a little bit of light so it's nicer. Whereas our end suite is completely enclosed, so it's really dark.
0: Yeah. So you've gone you've gone to the toilet twice in the morning, say for example. Yeah. But in those two visits you will have lifted them and you would have lifted the lid and left them up for the whole morning. Now in the meantime I'll be downstairs and I'll be going to the toilet down here. So say I've gone twice and I've lifted it up to go to the toilet lifted it down lifted it up lifted it up then I'll maybe come up to you in the afternoon and give you like a cup of tea or something like that or when or after lunch or something and the toilet seats have been up all that time and then I push them down so actually I think you'll find as the day goes forward I'm actually doing more physical activity than you because then you will go to those toilets again And you will lift both of them up and leave them there. So, actually, you're probably lifting the toilet seats once or twice a day. I'm probably pressing them down four or five times. Yeah,
1: but that's your choice because you're downstairs and you're up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down. That's your choice, not mine. So, that's it. Let's generalise this a little bit. Isn't the toilet seat up and down like a universal household discussion?
0: But it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. It should be as easy as, yes, I'm going to do the right thing with my life. I am going to close (laughs) the toilet lid and I'm going to leave the bathroom, wash my hands, actually, before you leave the bathroom, dry them, and then I'm going to get on with my day.
1: So what I'm going to do is I'm going to leave it in the position in which I used it. So if I weed and put the seat up, I'm going to leave it up. If I had a number two and put the toilet seat down, I'll leave the toilet seat down. I'm I'm not going to purposely lift it
0: afterwards. Well, I'm going on strike. So if anything falls into the toilet bowl now, because I'm not closing the toilet... That's the other thing. It's a safety thing. What if you go into the toilet or the bathroom and you take your phone in and you, like, trip up and then your phone goes down the toilet... Whose fault will that be
1: then? Well, to be fair, what happens is if your phone falls into the bathroom, then you have all of these poop particles that are trying to get out of the bathroom from your YouTube video that are going to lift it out of the toilet. So it'll be fine. I don't
0: think they're that strong. I mean, I know I'm gullible, but I don't believe that poo particles can lift a phone out of the toilet <laughs> like some levitation device.
1: <laughs> to be honest, it's just as plausible as these poo particles going out of the toilet and, and getting all over the house.
0: Well, I think the entire world thinks that this has got nothing to do with culture. This is purely you being an asshole. So I suggest we accept that and move on.
1: Mm, No. And actually, I think... The thing is, I think this one is going to leave us on a stalemate because, realistically, I think that it's... It's a multicultural thing. I think that every single culture, every household in the world is probably having this discussion right now.
0: I just don't like the fact that you seem quite proud of the fact that you do it as well. You're, quite, <laughs> you're looking quite smug. I think if I took a picture of you now, people would be on my side even more because you're just like, yeah, yeah, I leave it up. So what? So what? And I think I, I'm not even going to go back into all the reasons because you know my, my feelings on this.
1: I'm backed by science. Mm. That's why I'm smug. And that smugness, it would take me to the second one. Because if you want to talk about grouse, dear listeners, you know how you have this thingy on your sink in the kitchen whose sole role is to catch Mac from going down the train? Does it have a name?
0: Yes, it's called the most pointless invention in the world.
1: Well, as you can hear, Ben hates the fact that that thingy fulfils its purpose And stops mug from going down the drain. So what he does is he takes it out so mug can go down the drain.
0: Absolutely. I don't want to be touching those. Those bits are disgusting. It's like bits of food, bits of stuff off the floor. The cat's like mane. Like it's disgusting. It needs to go straight down the plug hole. Yeah, but the thing is, then they block the plug hole. Well, we cross that bridge when we come to it, don't we? <laughs> and let me remind you... <laughs> what are yellow gloves for? <laughs> and
1: let me remind you as well, if you have to call a plumber to come and, and sort of do your trains, porn lies to you. It's not like porn. You, you're not going to get like a, a beef plumber that is going to say, oh, I think someone needs their
0: pipes cleaned. I should hope not. That plumber came when I was at work. Which one? <laughs> the first one. Have you been hiding a plumber from me? No, I was. I was out at work, and you were with the plumber. I should hope not that it was fulfilling your fantasy. Thanks very much.
1: But the thing is, you hate that fact that this thing does his uh, its job. But then when we met, you had a whole plastic container filled with awful mucky water where you dropped your things to soak. Oh, I miss my bowl.
0: Oh yeah. I I completely eliminated that the moment I could. Well, I think it was a it was a relationship deal breaker, pretty much. You were oh. like, you can move in with me, but you can't bring your washing up bowl. I mean, who does that? If you want to put things in water, you
1: can put things in water. But then things have been still there. You can just wash them as you go along. Yeah, but
0: sometimes, like the sink is a bit minging, and at least the washing up bowl, you can then wash that. You can't. It's easier to wash a washing up bowl than it is to wash the sink it's awful
1: i remember seeing that water that it gets mixed with like the milk from the tea and everything it's completely dark you cannot see you cannot even see what's in there and let me remind you you can either wash by hand or we have a dishwasher as well but the point being is that you hate the muck on that thingy but you love the muck on your plastic bowl
0: because it was easier to clean and I didn't have to like touch it when it was all amalgamated in that kind of like little sieve thing I, d- I don't even know what it's called it, it, it's just like just either get it in the bin or put it down the plug hole but I don't want this like halfway house where it kind of like collects and then it just kind of looks back at you and it's all greasy and bright and, and flaky and it just... Ble-
1: no ble- Yeah, ble- exactly what I, uh, what I feel and let me take these in two parts, the first one being the plastic bowl. I very much know and acknowledge that is a British thing, that is a cultural thing, but let me tell you guys, you're wrong. No, just, just no. Get rid of it. But the other bit, the bit of the thingy in the thing that prevents mud going away and taking it away, you doing it, is that a cultural bit, or are you just being an asshole?
0: Well, I'm not being an asshole, I'm just being a flush hole, because I'm literally flushing it down the drain. Unblocking our drains. Well, you know, we may have had to have a plumber out once. Yeah. Well, you know, at least he showed us how to unblock the drain, so the next time it happens we won't have the call-out chance, because I can do it myself with my pretty yellow marigold gloves. Yeah. Um, Oh, well, shall I carry on with my list, because I've got plenty more? Your big (laughs) list
1: of poop particles. (laughs) Boom, (laughs)
0: boom, boom. No, this one's not pure Particles, but it is about a chair. So we decided in the bedroom that we wanted to put a chair. Um, the idea was that if somebody wanted to read upstairs or just have a little chill out, a little zone out, um, we've got a nice comfy chair between, well, we've got the bed and then a bedside cabinet and then well, it's your side of the bed, isn't it?
1: It is a really nice chair, isn't it?
0: It's a really nice chair. It came from like a nice shop. Um, we saved up for it and we bought this lovely chair and six weeks later it arrived and we were like wow this chair's amazing it goes really well in the in the bedroom but the problem is you can never use this chair when I do want to sit out and have a chill out and read my book because Ben just uses it to just flounce all his clothes over so you go upstairs and instead of putting his clothes away in the wardrobe and we've got plenty of space in the wardrobe it's not like we don't have enough you know, racks or anything to hang things up. But no, Ben can't be bothered to do that. He just puts everything on the chair and just leaves it there. So what I do now is I literally put everything that's on the chair onto his side of the bed. (laughs) And then when we go to bed, this is true. (laughs) That's why you're laughing because you know it's true. And then when you go to bed, you just move it back onto the chair because you can't be bothered to put it away. I just kind of think, what is the point in having this nice... Let's be honest, it's a feature. Well, it was until you decided to cover over it with all your clothes. What is the point in having that as a sort of centrepiece in the room when you're just covering it in your clothes?
1: Okay, let me say two things. First of all, whenever anyone in the whole world buys a chair for the bedroom, in the back of your mind, you knew, I knew, that it wasn't for chill out, that it wasn't for relaxing, for reading. Everyone in the world... No, that when you buy a chair
0: for the bedroom, it's for your clothes. No, that's fake news.
1: That is fake news.
0: We bought the chair in good faith that it was going to be somewhere where we could sit and relax in the bedroom.
1: Somewhere in the back of your mind, you knew. No. And to be fair, I knew.
0: Well, if you did know that, I would have preferred it for you to be more upfront at the time because then I would have blocked and vetoed as buying that chair.
1: But you wanted the chair because also in the back of your mind, you wanted that space. Because the thing is, you need to remember How that- many
0: times have I put clothes on that chair? Uh whenever i put your clothes on the chair which is never well yeah because i, do. I always hang up my clothes well
1: you do and you don't you put your clothes on the back of the bed. So then suddenly, you kick, uh, whilst you're asleep, you kick a a pair of trousers with a belt that falls and bangs into the floor and it wakes me up.
0: I might do that occasionally, but it's hidden, it's out of sight, out of mind. Your clothes are right there, right in the middle of the room, just screaming at me saying, you can't sit here because I'm laid here.
1: But also, let's take the, um, again, the realistic approach to this. There are clothes that are not Clean enough to go back into the wardrobe, but they're not dirty enough to go into the laundry, so you need a buffer zone no. you need a space where these you know these trousers, for example, that you've worn so if you were if you worn them, you can't put them in the wardrobe again, but then they're not dirty enough to go into the wash. you're still gonna wear them, so you need a buffer zone, and that's that chair is the haven. For all of these intermediately used clothes... Do
0: you know what? Do you know what? I've just It's just kind of come to me. I've got a bit of a light bulb moment. You're actually quite a messy person. Am I? Yeah, you are actually quite messy. I was just thinking now about your office where you work quite messy and I don't mean messy as in dirty I mean messy as in there's like paper everywhere and bits like you never throw away a receipt it's nine impossible that you would ever throw away a receipt
1: that's for the planet because i always when I get a receipt I just automatically put it in my pocket and you then you I forget about, about them
0: receipts all over the house when you cook oh my gosh like, I can't believe that I've not said this already. When you cook, it's like we have lots of utensils here because you do like to cook. But when you do every meal that you do, you use every single utensil in the house. Most people can use like one pan. No, you have to use five pans to make one mashed potato serving. And it's just insane.
1: Okay, so I won't cook anymore.
0: Well, I'm not saying that I don't want you to cook. It's just Ah. kind of like you can't... You know, normal people clean (laughs) as they go along or they think to themselves, right, I probably only need... I just need one pan for this... Um, and I'll just use the one pan, and but no, you could just kind of like, how many spoons can I put in this pan, and like get a little bit of muck on, and just make, and then it's all up the wall.
1: And, <laughs> Come on, it's know. not like that. It and you is, know I mean, it. it's like
0: it's, if we talk going back to the poo particles, it's like not only am I like bombarded by poo particles every day, I'm also bombarded by like fat particles as well, like coming from the kitchen, like just. Hey,
1: <laughs> I, I think you're being a little bit of a drama queen. Second, again. Chair for clothes is a worldwide thing. You're the only person in the world who complains about that haven buffer zone for clothes that are not dirty enough to go into the wash, but not clean enough to go into the wardrobe. People listening to the podcast, please get in touch with us. Let me prove to Ben that this is a universal thing. That void, that limbo of clothes exists. is a reality, again, in every household. If you want to hear something that it's not in every household, or at least I'm sure that it's not in every household, you go and fuel the car and you don't fill the tank. You put like 20 quid and even worse, you put like 23 quid with 84 pence and you never fill the car.
0: Well, I think in my defence, yes, I do do that. I think it's because when I was at university, I had like no money and I had a car and I used to put £10 in because I was like, that will probably last me enough for the next few days and it was kind of a big amount of money but it kind of justified it and then obviously when I left university and I had a little bit more money I was like "Or maybe I should put more petrol in the car every time I fill it up because I'm like a proper adult now and I've got a job so I put 20 quid in and then Despite the fact that petrol has got much more expensive and we've now got a bigger car, I've just always had it in my head that like 20 quid feels... And I think even before I was at university, I had a moped as well. And I mean, I used to put in like five quid in that and he used to film me. And it, I used to like drive for about 500 miles on that. So I think it's just kind of something that's become habit. It's not because I'm tight or I'm a skinflint. It's just... It's something that's kind of become a habit of mine, and I can't get out of that.
1: But don't you realize that when you do this, you just have to go to the petrol station more often because you haven't filled it. So you, you're still going to use it. And the thing is, from my perspective, coming from, uh, from Argentina, I think that you don't want to spend a long time in a long queue. And also, you want to make sure that you filled the car. So you kind of, you know, when you fill it and it kind of comes off automatically, and then. I go again, and I go again. And probably I can feed another five, six quid after <laughs> after that. I make sure that it's to the top, because I hate going to the petrol station. And in Argentina, when sometimes if there's, the price rises and so on, so you always try to get as much as you can before the price rises again.
0: So you always fill it as much as you can. Okay, I've got a confession to make here. Okay. So I do like going to the petrol station... <laughs>
1: What do you mean you like going to the petrol station?
0: Well... Who likes
1: going to the petrol station?
0: Because they have really nice chocolate bars there. I've never seen you
1: coming back with chocolate bars when you go to the petrol station. No, do, you, I, do you eat them in the car? I sit in the car and have a kick Kat Chunk. <laughs> this is a full-blown realisation for me. That you sit in the car, munching on chocolate... After you've gone and put £23 with No, I
0: I tell you why. Because sometimes, sometimes I'm like, well, after we've had our tea in the evening, after we've had our dinner, we might want to have some chocolate. But if it's like... If it's like in the mid middle of the morning when I have to go and get petrol, I'm like, well, if I have some chocolate in the car now and I don't tell Ben, then we can have chocolate again in the evening. And he'll be like, he'll think it's the first time today that I've had any chocolate and we'll be enjoying the chocolate together. It's just like, you know how some people like meditate or do yoga. I just like to sit in a car and <laughs> eat a kicker chunky. <laughs> Do you get like high on petrol fumes as well. Why? I actually do sit in the forecourt, <laughs> yeah. In the car. If there's no one behind me, I quite like to do it. You know, I quite like to wolf it down before <laughs> I've left the pubs. But usually I drive just to the side.
1: Oh, God. What what has it come to? Well, yeah. The thing is, is whenever I need to use the car, then I need to go and fill uh, the petrol station. And I'm not going to get you a card, Chunky. <laughs>
0: I really feel like I've opened a can of worms with this one.
1: Yeah, I know. We're going to have a very serious talk after we finish recording the podcast. Um,
0: Okay, well, (laughs) thank you for listening today. I really feel now I have to go and fight for my relationship. And who would have thought that it would end over a Kit Kat (laughs) Junkie? In a petrol station. In a petrol station. Well, on the forecourt, on the forecourt.
1: But well, uh, guys, everyone listening out, just tell us, are we in a multicultural relationship with cultural differences that pose uh, challenges, or are we just being an asshole to each other?
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> ten minutes ago I would have said that you've been an asshole, but I feel like I have a lot of sucking up to do now, because um, there's a lot of Kit Kat Chunkies that you've missed out on, oh, and especially the white one. Oh, I really <laughs> and you them. know I like white I chocolate. Know. <laughs> you bitch. <laughs> So if you have enjoyed today's show, please do like, subscribe, tell your friends about the podcast. Um, it's great to hear from you um, and it's really, really humbling to know that you are um, encouraging other people to listen as well. Um, if you do want to get in touch with us, let us know uh, contacting us through Twitter at BearbackPod. We are on Instagram at Bareback Podcast. You can find us on Facebook, just searching Bareback. You just just have to search for us. And if you want to send us a good old-fashioned email, and you never know, we might reply to you, uh, or read your message out on air, which is even, well, just as exciting. Uh, We are at (laughs) barebackpodcasts at
1: com. I feel like this particular episode, I need your comments, because I'm sure that all of the things that Ben complained about are things that
0: everyone does. Talk about complaining. I've got a massive headache now.
1: Well, go go get some petrol. Get a kid got chunky and some ibuprofen from the petrol station.
0: (laughs) She's been a bitch tonight. Love you, baby. I I love you too. (laughs) Bye. We'll see you next week. Take care. Bye.